Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, we got a great interview today. Our guest is Vicky Benson. He's the head coach for the uh, girls varsity basketball team at James Bowie High School in Texas. And she was just awesome. Just one word to our listeners. My pop, my internet was a little spotty. And so there is a little delay between my questions and her answers. Um, but it was just incredible, Chad. Yeah, the, the internet stuff that just shows that, that it's real life. And uh, sometimes there's delay in, in communication. But uh, still through that, this is uh, lights out. Really, really good interview. I, um, it snuck up on me as I was listening through through this, uh, I had never heard of Coach Benson. And so just hearing her story right in the middle of it, it really touched something in my heart and uh, a little bit of emotion. Um, just so cool to hear her, her faith story on how she came to Christ. Um, she talked about a, a relational evangelist is what she called uh, this pastor and, and all that he did to pour into her life to get to the point um, for her to, to realize her need for the Savior. And so really encouraging and now look at her uh, impacting and influencing her team and her community and that's how the multiplication process is meant to be on making disciples who can make disciples um, but she also she also got into uh, a little bit of her story and just to, to preview that um, you can you can learn more uh, talking about eating disorders and, and an abusive relationship and just so vulnerable and, and real to share with us and, and this audience um, but you have anything else, G-Man? No, Chad, it's just incredible, you know, with this platform that we have now that we're meeting people that we've never met before. And but they see the importance of sharing their message right with and sharing their story, because, you know, maybe my story might not touch anyone's life right now in this moment. But Vicky's story can definitely touch some coaches lives right now, because, you know, if you're coaching, you are in the midst of a mental health um, you know, epidemic right now, at least in America. Um, and abusive relationships is just now sadly a part of day-to-day -day life that we, that we have to live with. Um, and so I was just so thankful that, that coach Benson was open and vulnerable in sharing her story and, and also sharing some tips on how we can help. Yeah. And she, uh, she starts out the interview with, uh, the most unique, answer that we've heard across all these episodes uh really loved her answer to what does it mean to her to be a christian coach and we want you to hear from her right now coach vicky benson thank you so much for coming on the christian coach podcast it's an honor to have you here what does it mean to you to be a christian coach All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity just to come and hang out with you and get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a, that's kind of a loaded question. You know, I think that I could give an answer where I would say, you know, it's about loving people and it's about being a good example and a role model. I think that would be the, the textbook answer, um, which is all great stuff and very true. But, um, you know, I'm actually at the beach right now doing a, a church camp with our students and I ran on the beach this morning and I was thinking about this question, what does it mean to be a Christian coach? And it's it's like running on the beach, you know, and let, I'll explain when, when you're out in the morning and 
the sunrise is coming up and uh, there's nobody out there and it's beautiful and it's just exciting and it just feels so good to be out there and then there's a random jellyfish you have to step over and so you don't get stung you know and then there's lightning in the distance because there was a storm rolling in and then you know there's uneven sand and you got to kind of watch you're going to tweak your ankle and i'm just I, I was thinking it just came to me this morning that that's really what christian coaching is like it's um it's awesome it's rewarding um when we put our best foot forward and we give god our best like it's awesome but there's also a lot of challenges that come with that too that there's a tighter eye on us so people know our faith and you know I, I do coach at a public school and so i think that you know there's just a lot of a lot of eyes just watching and waiting for something and um at the end of the day though it's it's about you know for me when, when i put my head on my pillow my life verse is colossians 3:23. it's whatever you do whether in work or indeed do it all for the lord and not for man i have to cling on to that at night go okay did i did i live for god today did i work for god today because there's going to be people that are upset with me with what I do as a coach and um, have to be okay with that because I know that God is pleased and I do mess, mess up, you know, we yep. do make mistakes, but I think that's where grace comes in and our coaching reflects that as well. So it's like yeah. running on the beach. Yeah. Um, what, what role does faith play in your coaching philosophy now as you, as you're coaching in a, in a public school? Um, everything. I mean, the, the role that faith plays is it's my, it's for me, it's like my, my leaning post, you know, I, I coached at a, at a, at a private school for my first 10 years of coaching. And when I came to the public school, I'm at a big, large school in Texas. It's the largest size you can be at. And, um, coming into that situation, I, you know, I remember the first time in the, in the locker room, having a, a pregame talk with my team. And I was like speechless because, I was thinking, I, I don't know how to do a pregame talk without sharing scripture and giving like biblical motivation. Like, I don't know what to do. And my, I told my assistant coach, she said, what would you think about just sharing a quote? I'm like, no, <laughs> I've never, I mean, yeah, quotes are good, but I, I want to share scripture. And um, so anyhow, my, you know, my faith is um, very, very important in my role as a coach. And, and for me being prayerful about the students in my program, and um, being mindful and discerning, you know, if something's going on with them or what might be happening in their lives and just trying to connect with them on a level that is more than just about basketball. And uh, that's, it's challenging, but at the same time, um, just holding on to that faith that God is going to guide me. He's going to lead me. He's going to direct me. And I just have to stay in tune, you know, so I know what steps to take next. Yeah. Well, how do you gauge your success as a, as a high school basketball coach? Um, well, I mean, I'm very competitive, so, you know, winning is awesome and that's great. But at the end of the day, if these, if these girls go through the program and they graduate and they can go and be, um, contributing members to society, you know, and they can go and they know what it's like to, to have a family, you know, I am married, I do have kids, like they're a part of what we do as well. And so, you know, it's a, it's a model for these girls, you know, and if they can see, light and if they can at some point in their life draw back to something they might have learned or seen in the program then that's a win yeah. um you know if, if that doesn't happen i feel like it, it's a fail and so sometimes i get to hear about those moments and sometimes i don't um but again it, it all comes back to am i am i doing the what i'm supposed to be doing for the lord yeah
Thanks for sharing. Um, let's go back now to a young Vicky. Did you always love ba uh, basketball or did you start playing different, a different sport? Um, I think you asked me if I started, when I started playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did question. you always love basketball um, or did I, you start I started playing? playing Oh, no, basketball was it. I mean, I, I was, I, I don't know how old I was. My parents say I was barely walking, but I don't remember that. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just loved basketball. And um, I mean, I can look back now. I believe God like put that fire in my heart because he had a big plan, you know, to put me where I am today. But, um, you know, I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan and my parents, my dad loved Michael Jordan and my dad and I are super close. And so, I mean, we would sit and watch Michael Jordan play and it was just awesome. And um, I remember I was, I was 10 years old or I was nine and I asked my dad if I could go to basketball camp. And this was in the summer. And, um, you know, back when you had to look for camps in the newspaper, I don't know if you remember that, but we had to look in the newspaper to yeah. find camps. There was no uh, Instagram. There was no Facebook, you know, whatever. There was no web. And so I'm looking through the paper and there's this camp advertised and I'm like, dad, can we go? Can you sign me up? So dad takes me to register for camp. We get there, we show up and the coach that's doing registration, he says, honey, this camp is only for boys. You can't come. And so I was crushed, you know, I'm like, what? but I want to go to basketball camp. Why can't I go to basketball camp? I didn't understand that. And so my dad takes me away and he says, you know, we can't go. And so I was devastated, you know, because I just wanted to go to camp. So my dad built me, we didn't have a lot of, a lot of money growing up. And my dad built me a basketball goal in the backyard. We lived out on some property and he took two by fours and made the structure and he went out and he found a backboard and then he put a rim on it in the back of the woods. And he made that for me so I could have my own camp, you know, and it was like dad camp. And, um, I just, I fell in love with it. And the, the, what's, what's cool about that story is the following summer, here's the ad in the newspaper again, I want to go to basketball camp. And I tell my dad, let's go to camp. And he says, honey, they're not going to let you go. It's for boys only. I'm like, dad, we're going, I want to go to camp. So we get in the car, we drive up, we go to register, same guy doing registration. Great, great, a great man, by the way, solid in his faith. But he looks at me and he says, honey, I told you this camps for boys. I said, I know, but I really want to come to camp. And he said, you know what? You can come. Yeah. So I was at camp. There were like a hundred of us, me and 99 boys at camp. And um, the next year we had a new female coach come into town who was a, an icon in women's basketball in Texas. And she started the first girls camp in the city. And so um, just a neat little neat story there about getting to go and not backing down and just pushing through. Right. Yeah. Now, now, now fill the gap between the time you, you went to these camps and now you as a head coach of, of a high school team. <laughs> okay. Um, so went to camps, went to tryouts. Um, I grew up in Georgetown, Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with Georgetown, but uh, I grew up there and basketball, girls basketball is huge in Georgetown and Rhonda Farney, the head coach there, love her to death. She's a great mentor of mine now, even still, still coaching, but she, I would go uh, to, you know, into middle school and try out for the team. Um, I didn't make the team in seventh grade and I wanted to play. I still wanted to play. I just was, I, it's, I knew that's what I, what I wanted to do. <laughs> So tried out again as an eighth grader, made, made the B team as an eighth grader, but I was on the team. I didn't care what level. Um, 
fast forward ninth grade B team. I'm good with that. I don't, I don't have to, I didn't have to be a team. I just wanted to be on the team and I play it and all that 10th grade. I got cut. And so I was devastated like that. I mean, this has been my, my thing, right? I mean, my dad built me a goal in the backyard and I got rocks to dribble around and trees to shoot over. And this is all I wanted to do. And so um, I went to meet with coach Farney and I asked her, I said, coach, I'm not done. I I know that. What do I need to do? Cause I'm trying out next year. And she just looked at me with this face, like, I don't get it. You know, what do you mean? And I said, well, what do I need to do? Cause I'm coming back next year and I want to be ready she told me I needed to run track and I needed to do this. And she listed all these things. She just, she'll tell that she tells this story too. She lists all these things. There's a huge to do checkoff list. So I do all of them. I come back next year. I ran cross country. I did everything. I come back next year as the 11th grader and tried out for the team. And, and I made the team. Um, she to this day doesn't make cuts anymore. Like she won't cut because of that experience. And um, so made the team as a junior played as a senior, went on, had an opportunity to play in college. I played at Concordia University in Austin um, for, for, you know, all four years, jumped on as a grad assistant. Um, actually, that's when I was in college. My very last year is actually when I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I got saved. I, you know, made some just um, huge, like, aha moments, you know, about connecting and, and understanding what I was supposed to do with my life, um, changed my major, went into coaching and teaching, uh, that the rest, there you go. I mean, just kind of a snowball from there of all the, what do you think led, led you to, to make that decision? Um, which one to coach? The decision to accept Christ? Or what was the surrounding environment? Trying? Oh, <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> um, it's really, so I actually went to, uh, a Christian college, which, I did not grow up going to church. I didn't, that, that wasn't a part of my life at all, you know? Um, and so when, when I had the opportunity to play basketball, I mean, of course I'm taking it, right. That's, that's what I had done my whole life. And so, um, when I got there, I just, that's what I was there to do. I was there to hoop. I'm coming to play. That's all I wanted to do. And my very first day on campus, there was, um, a, a guy that was my same age and he was going around like giving people Bibles. I'm like, that's just so weird. That's what I thought at the moment. And he's like, Hey, you need this. I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what do you think I need that for? And so he gives me this Bible and he's like, if you ever have any questions or you want to talk about anything, I'm available. I'm like, whatever. Literally don't know what I did with the Bible. I just kind of tossed it somewhere. It ended up in a bag, a box. I don't know. And so, um, you know, it, it, how you have to take uh, Bible classes at a Christian college. And so I'm taking these Bible classes and I don't understand any of it. I'm, I'm like cheating in Bible class so I can pass so I can keep playing ball. Like I don't understand it. And my, my, my senior year, I took a class with a professor who was just amazing. And he, um, he was a pastor at, at the university of Texas at one of the um, churches that met on campus for, for college students. And he loved basketball. And he would always talk to me about the games and he would come to our games and he would watch the games. And then we reflect, he would talk about game plan and strategy. And he got to know me. Um, he was a relationship evangelist is what I like to call him. And so um, he started inviting me to come to the church. I'm like, okay. You know, I felt bad because he was coming to all the games. So I would just say, okay. And I wouldn't show up. And, you know, he just kept, kept asking me and kept asking me. 
So finally one Sunday, I'm kind of guilty, right? He's been so faithful to come to our games. And so I went to the, I went to the church. He was really excited that I came. Um, I just kind of kept going and I'm not, nothing there was really, nothing was happening. Well, that's not true. Something was happening, but I wasn't, I didn't give my life to the Lord at the church. Right. And he told me, he said, Hey, I just know that something's going on. And I didn't understand how he knew, but I had a lot going on that I had not talked about. And he said, I just want you to know that my office is available. If you ever want to, you know, come and hang out, come talk, I'm available. And I thought on that for a couple of days. And I know now that that was the Lord working on my heart to, to be ready. And, um, I scheduled a meeting with him. I went and sat for three and a half hours in his office and just told him about, I had gone through abusive relationship in high school. Um, I talked to him about that. You know, that was a real struggle for me. I was struggling at that moment with eating disorders and I was afraid to tell anybody because I'm captain of the basketball team. I have all these people that look up to me as a leader and they're going to find out and I'm going to feel like, you know, they're not, I'm going to lose my, my, my rank, you know, with everybody. And, um, I mean, I'm talking, it was like everything came out. I've never told, I've never told anybody that. Um, and he just so gracefully and lovingly just walked me through um, how Jesus could be the, the, the hole, you know, could fill that hole of all that hurt and all that stuff. And I was like, that's cool. I don't know, you know, and I left um, a few nights later. I was sitting in my dorm room. This is like not a, this, I didn't walk an altar. I didn't do anything. I didn't walk an aisle, nothing like that, but I'm sitting in my dorm room and I just felt the presence of the Lord. And I didn't know that's what it was, but I know, I know I knew after and I'm sitting there and I, I can't hear anything, but silence. And it was just quiet. And I'm sitting there and I started reflecting on, he had read to me the Romans road. I'm like, okay confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And you said, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know what that means. And I, but I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. So crazy. I go in my closet, open a box. There's that Bible from ninth, my, from my freshman year of college sitting in that box. I had lost it. I mean, it was five years ago. I grab it out of that box. I go sit in my bed in my dorm room, in my bunk. And I just start weeping. And I, in that moment, I asked God to come into my life and to save me and to forgive me of my sins and to help me make sense of all of this mess and give me direction. I mean, it was just a, a, a moment I will never forget um, and, and life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, you, you, you touched a little bit about having an abusive relationship in high school and eating disorders. I think today's society is just so full of those issues. Um, and I think it's coming now to athletics and coaches are having to learn what it is and how to, how to be able to deal it and, and help their athletes. Um, it happens a lot more on the women's side. I'm a women's coach. And so I see that a lot more often than on the men's side, but it is happening on the men's side as well. How can you, can you give us a, 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 mm -hmm. a few notes, a few, a few, uh, a few minutes on those issues and how can coaches be better prepared in order to, to help their athletes with those issues? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, when I was going, growing up, um, I was a little tomboy 
little pot belly as a little girl, you know, growing up kind of, kind of baby fat for a while. And, um, I just had, I got teased a lot and I, I don't, I don't, it's not a sob story. Like I don't feel sad about those days. I don't feel like I was bullied. Like I don't, I don't think that I just think that kids don't know how to, um, approach people who look different than them and, and it doesn't make sense to them. So they just like, well, you know, they just say things. And so I got teased and I got picked on by some of the older girls who would tease me a lot. And I had two older sisters and so love them. I mean, I love them, but you know, they tease you too. And so you just kind of get stuck with those, um, those words of other people become your own words to yourself eventually. And that's the danger of that is that it's one thing when someone else is telling you something, but when you start to look in the mirror and say it to yourself, um, there's the, the, the negativity has so much power. Um, we give it too much power, I think is maybe the correct way to say that. And so that's where I was for a while. Uh, the, then, then the abusive relationships that comes in and that just made it worse. I mean, now, now my eating disorders kind of spiraled and just went out of control because it was the thing I could control. And, um, you know, uh, it just a whole lot of other issues there with low self-esteem and no self-confidence and, um, you know, basketball was my outlet. I think that's why, like when I was told, no, I couldn't let it go because it was the thing that kept me going. Um, now I know I have the Lord for that, but at the time he gave me basketball as that outlet and to lead me to him. And so I'm thankful for that. But as a, as a coach of females and at the age that I have them, uh, I think that when we go through experiences, we're very sensitive to when we see it in other people. It's very quick. We're very, it's a lot easier to pick up on. And so I believe God's given me that, that eye for that. And so, um, you know, this is where I run a basketball tournament in, in Austin and we provide at the tournament information resources for coaches to look for, not to look for, but to be aware of, different mental health um, situations that may be going on within their athletes that maybe they, they haven't been through the experience like I have, so they don't know what it looks like. And now we give them an opportunity to see what that looks like through things we do at the tournament. So if you're asking me like right now, if I were to tell a coach, how do you be sensitive to, to that or understand what to look for? Um, it's, it's hard if you don't know what it looks like. And I, I would just say there are resources available. You know, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness has great resources for um, people who are in education in general, you know, if you're coaching or teaching. And so uh, there's a lot of resources on their side about these particular issues and what to look for and, and how to approach the situation and how to get help. Uh, I could, we could probably talk for two hours on <laughs> what to do and how to, how to do that, but sure. there's a lot of great information there um, to look for. That's good. And, uh, yeah. And there's other, other eating disorder sites, but you know, eating disorders is, uh, that's just like one little piece of when we talk about mental health as a whole is, is eating disorders. There's so many other things that kids are dealing with. So, um, we're not experts, but we can be educated and, and educate yourself just like any other PD, like go to PD that's about mental health and, and learn how to, um, to be sensitive to those things. Yeah, I think the future of professional development is not on basketball association of coaches just talking X's and O's. It's going to be the multi-sport coaches going together to learn about mental health or learning about um, how to manage a culture and and those things. I think it's 
Um, I think sometimes we just focus so much on X's and O's and, and miss out on all on the Jane's and Joe's that go through our programs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it's, it's ironic or not ironic. It's, it's just good timing, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm one of the board members for the Texas association of basketball coaches. Um, and so as a board member, we have opportunities to share ideas and like get things going. And um, I chair a committee that has been working to get little virtual clinics throughout the year for our coaches. And our very first one we're having in August, I'm so excited about it. Um, we're, we're getting ready to blast out to everybody that it's coming. But uh, one of the topics that we're doing is how to acclimate students back into a climate of education and athletics where they've been removed for so long because of the social emotional learning piece of that. Like we're actually tackling that in a basketball coaches clinic. Um, we're skipping the X and O part for that, you know, and we're, we're talking about um, cultural diversity and inclusion as well. You know, how to, how do you, how do you manage that in society today? If, if we're going to spend more time with these kids and anybody else does, then we have to spend time dealing with the world with them in a way that um, is impactful. If we're just talking about basketball, they're not going to be, they're going to flounder, you know, out there. So Anyway, that's it's it's pretty exciting. We're getting that they're we're getting to do that, and that um, everybody's on board with that. So we're we're moving in that right direction. That that's great to hear. Oh, Coach Benson, thank you so much for for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. It, it's been a blessing to hear your story um, and hear how uh, now you're making an impact in the lives of young ladies. Um, we like to end with prayer, so we would like to ask, how can we be praying for you? Um, for me, so I'll give a, I'll go personally and then I'll go, uh, professionally. I will get, I'll give you a couple. Um, personally, we do have our, our first child going off to college. Um, he is graduating senior class of 2021. He's a, he's a hooper kick and shoot the ball. Uh, but he's going to West Point. He's going to, to army West Point and, um, he's leaving in like two weeks. So that's, you know, got a kid, not just going to college, but he's going into the military. Um, so we're, you know, navigating that we're super close as a family. So just, uh, continued peace for us and then courage and strength for him and, um, God's favor, you know, with what he's going into. And then, um, I would say, you know, professionally, just that with the, with the the culture that we do live in today and when i say that i mean the one that i feel like is very quick to point fingers at at christians and and there's a lot of um, negativity surrounded with that idea i would just you know ask for a prayer request that god would um just bring a softening to the hearts of non-believers to really see him through what we do um uh, and, and that God would continue to give me guidance and wisdom and, um, favor and, you know, just discernment when it comes to how to lead these athletes and, and really ultimately lead them to him. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. That's a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Dear Jesus. Thank you so much (laughs) for this, this conversation with coach Benson. Thank you that um, she's in a position, Lord, and, and with her history and her story, Lord, that she's able to impact the, the lives of uh, young women, uh, teenage girls who, who, who might be going through life struggles that, that we, you know, that, that they're going through right now, Lord, that you 
put Coach Benson in a position where she can minister to them, Lord, in a way that is glorifying to you, in a way that 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 will ultimately lead these girls to a relationship with you, to a personal relationship with you, Father. Lord, I pray as um, her son, you know, moves on to this next stage in his life, um, you know, going to the army at West Point, Lord, that you be with him, that he may find favor um, in your eyes, Lord, and that he'll stay safe um, and that he ultimately will will lead his comrades and his um, his teammates up there in the army um, to you and to a closer relationship with you by being a great role model, by being a, cre- a great Christian leader and um, be with the, you know, coach Benson and her husband and the rest of the family as they, they deal with the uncertainties of having a, a son in the military, um, give them comfort um, and, and, and help them to, to, to be great support system for him as he goes through training and, and, and then the future that lies ahead for him. And Lord, uh, be with, with all of us, Christian coaches, Christian leaders, um, Christians that they're in this culture that there's not very patient with us that is always looking for us to fall so that they can point the finger at us and, and, and criticize us. Lord, I pray that you, you soften their hearts, that, that there, there won't be uh, much misunderstanding of what Christians are. Um, we're, not, we're not perfect, and that's the whole point, that you died on the cross for our sins um, so that we can have eternal life next to you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 I love this. Great job from Coach Vicki Benson. Um, Just at the very start, talking about running on a beach. I just love how the morning that she talked with Eugene, that she actually went on this run on a beach and the Lord spoke to her through that, that, you know, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be lightning, there's going to be uneven ground, but there's a lot of beauty and a lot of opportunity in in coaching. And and then just everything, I think for us as coaches and mentors and teachers, just to hear that, that everything that this pastor who, who reached out to her poured in, that he spoke her language, he liked basketball, he went to the games, he, he put time into it. Um, it wasn't just a, hey, come to church with me or here, read this Bible track. He, he invested in her earning the right for her to then open up for three and a half hours to him. And so I think for me now as a chaplain, thinking about the the time investment and and what you can put in and, and for every coach out there um i think we can really learn from that that story yeah I, I really like the whole the whole interview chad and coach she talked about the basketball tournament that she that she puts together every year it's called the beautiful classic um we'll link um the the website on the show notes if you want to check it out and support and just pray for it because mental health is um we're in need of more resources and more knowledge and information about it so that we can serve our athletes better. And coach, again, if you're able to take three, 30 seconds and um, get on uh, the Apple podcast and Spotify and just do a review for us, hopefully it's five stars, just uh, rate us, review, um, share our podcasts on, on, on Twitter um, and uh, just help us spread this message. And most importantly, this episode which can really help other coaches that are struggling with their athletes in, in, in regards to mental health and abusive relationships. I think this would be a great resource for everybody. And coach, remember, you can be in Ohio or Texas like Coach Benson or in Lynchburg like me. Um, remember, the mission field is right where you're at. <laughs>